0: You're listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. For more information, find us on Instagram at
1: Decidedly Podcast. Welcome to Decidedly. Today we talked to Jessica Mills, an experienced thru-hiker and YouTuber. She's hiked the Pacific Crush Trail, the Appalachian Trail, Continental Divide Trail, so many other multi, multi, multi multi-mile trails that I've never even heard of before. When we talked to her, she'd just gotten off the Florida Trail, had a lot of great things to say about that experience. We talked to her about decision-making when it comes to making a big choice to leave society and go on a six-month journey across the country on your feet. We talked about gear selection. How do you decide when there's 4,000 different backpack brands out there? Uh, We even talked about what we think it means to be an American. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Sometimes you may notice a little bit of technical difficulties, but hey, man, that's uh, that's the nature of the Zoom world that we're in. So, enjoy our conversation with Jessica Mills.
0: Hey.
2: Hey, you made it.
0: I made it. <laughs> oh, that's see. awesome. Yeah. That's
2: awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I... So, where where are you calling from?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm home now.
2: hope oh, you make Okay. So, so you're I'm off, like, you're off the trail. I'm yeah, so. done
0: with the Florida trail.
2: Nice. Nice. So how was, how was that? Tell me about it.
0: The Florida trail was, uh, it was intense. It was, I mean, I honestly thought, oh, this is going to be so easy. It'll be really flat. And, uh, I think that some parts of it, you know, were like that, but, but a lot of it kicked my butt, like swamps and um yeah mainly swamps that's the yeah the, it, it looked like a different set of struggle. issues
2: than you might face in you know on the PCT or you know any of the other uh <laughs> there's always a certain unique set of issues with each of the trails if you, you know you're looking at the uh yes. the,
0: you know, the Camino de
2: Santiago you have a language barrier with the, the PCT you got the series you know the Florida Trail you get the swamps and alligators in them
0: alligators didn't bother me that much I mean they really just it's not easy to miss them. I mean, I guess it can be, but I just made it a rule. Like, I don't want to get in a pond and swim because there are alligators, you know, I don't want to get in the river because they're alligators. So I really just didn't swim that much. Um, but they, if you get close to them, they like thrash and run away, you know? So, yeah. uh, but it was the snakes and just worrying about stepping on the snakes.
1: I've got an, I, I have an irrational fear of alligators. I, I do, um, some open water yeah. swimming for, you know, triathlon training live in fort worth texas there's no alligators here Yeah. but about once every 10 years somebody you know buys a baby alligator (laughs) from somebody at a gas station in florida brings it back raises it realizes it's too big and lets it out in a lake and then everyone goes oh there's an alligator and you know they're always 27 feet long yeah the ones that end up when they're where they're not supposed to be there's never a four-foot alligator in an area that doesn't have alligators there's only massive dinosaurs in areas that don't have alligators so every time i go swim i go swim in this reservoir that's like right by the highway and a college campus and it's very populated and it's got boats like there's a zero percent chance there's ever been an alligator in it but i will get in i'll walk up to the water i'll feel fine i'm like this is going to be a great workout as soon as i jump in the water and my head goes under my brain just goes gator 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 gator, gator. <laughs> <laughs> i'll look i'll like get back from my swim look at my heart rate monitor to you know check my progress check you know fitness all that yeah and it's always spiked for the first 20 minutes
0: it's just like you got to get it out out for the first 20 minutes so funny well bless your heart
1: (laughs) so you're braver than me
0: well no i mean everybody has their thing you know so that's awesome yeah how did you how did you uh, get into doing that the the YouTube side of everything okay so when I started the AT in 2015 I just I knew that I needed to have a reboot and I was just gonna blog and then I met this girl in college who said have you considered vlogging and uh well she asked to meet for pizza one day and talk about this and uh, I honestly, I almost didn't meet up with her. Cause I was like, I don't know what she wants. I hadn't heard from her in a long time, you know? And, uh, but she was like, before you go on your trip, I have to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. So we went and had pizza and I had like 972 things to do. So again, I'm just, I'm surprised. I was like, I don't have time or whatever, but I went and I sat down and we had pizza and she's like, have you thought about vlogging? And I was like, oh, I have a blog. And she said, no vlogging. And I was like, well, what is that? <laughs> like, I didn't even know. I, I had no idea. Um, and she kind of watched big YouTube uh, YouTube channels and she was a big YouTube consumer, I would say, whereas I didn't, I mean, I I knew there were funny videos and stuff on YouTube, but that's really all I knew that existed on there. And so she kind of just started telling me, you know, you could share with people what you're doing on here and, uh, they could learn from it. Or even if nobody else watches, uh, your family might, you know, be interested in, in watching what you're doing, your family, friends. And she said she wanted to learn how to edit because you can only edit so many videos of your dog, you know, before it's like, okay, <laughs> I need something real to work with here. So, uh, so I started uploading videos to her when I was on the trail and I would just record what I was doing and talk about what was going on. And then once I got done with that trail, I started getting emails saying, well, what pack did you use or what shoes did you wear? how did you deal with plantar fasciitis and all, all the questions that I would get asked. And, and so I just started making videos on a certain topic about backpacking because I couldn't go look at me driving to my part-time job. Cause I don't want to be an engineer again. you know <laughs> um, So, so it was pretty easy. Like people started giving me content ideas uh, to put out there. And, and also I love um, I don't, I, I don't know if I will say teaching. I mean, I guess it is, but I really enjoy sharing information about this because I want people to get out there and, and do it, you know, and, and have the same experience that, that I had. Well, or an experience that's important to them, you know, and uh, and and so it's, it's a way to encourage people to get out there. And I'm like, come on, like, if I can do this, you can do this. I promise. Because I didn't I had never been backpacking before I did the Appalachian Trail. So that was my first backpacking trip. Actually, the AT, PCT, and C D T were my first three backpacking trips. So <laughs> I didn't even go between them.
1: You just dove head first.
0: I did. I did. I was like, you know what? Go big or go home and I'm gonna go for it. So that's what I really consider myself uh, more of a through hiker almost than a backpacker. I've been on more through hiking trips than, than shorter backpacking trips.
1: So how did yeah. you learn about the, the AT when you decided to go do it?
0: I, when I was about five years old, we were on vacation in North Carolina and we hit, uh, Newfound Gap, which is right on the border of Tennessee and North Carolina. And I was just hanging out there with my parents and my grandparents and, Um, my mom told me we were going to be able to stand in two states at the same time. And I was really excited about that. And then, so I was reading the sign there and jumping in between the two states and stuff. And then I looked over and I saw another sign and it had this really long word on it. And I asked my mom what the word was. And she said, Oh, that says Appalachian. And I was like, and then Appalachian trail. And I asked her what it was. And she said, it's a trail where crazy people walk from Georgia to Maine. (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, whoa, we should go do this. And she said, well, uh, it's not something we can do today. Like this takes a lot of planning and time and effort, but still somehow my mind, I was like, I bet we could knock this thing out today if we get started right now, you know? And uh, so, but she, (laughs) she did take me down the trail for a mile or so. And then we turned around and came back and I was really disappointed that we had to turn around, but she told me, you know, one day when you grow up, you can do this if you want to. And, uh, so I said, well, I will. And then, you know, I, I guess life kind of gets in the way of, of living sometimes. And, uh, I worked through college. I had an internship. So when I graduated college, they were like, here's this great job. And I, I couldn't see turning that down to go do this hike. Uh, but I wanted to. And so then I left that first job I had gotten, and and went to a second one in Colorado because there were big mountains there, and and um, I had just always dreamed of living out that way, and so I moved there. And then uh, I just wasn't happy with the job that I had, and I went and was doing this happy hour thing um, with with coworkers, wine and dining customers. You know, it was the oil field, so there's a lot of that, and. Uh, this guy came up and just sat at our table. He was from out of town. He was interviewing for a job in the area. And he asked me, well, what do you like about living in Denver? You know, just so I have some ideas of why I might want to live here. And I was like, well, I don't know if you like hiking or not, but there are a lot of trails in the mountains mountains aren't too far away. And I mean, look at them, you know? And he said, yeah, I like hiking. Have you ever heard of the Appalachian trail? And I said, "Uh, yes, I've been dreaming of doing that since I was five. And he's like, well, I did it last year. I said, what part he said, all of it. And then I was like, okay, I'm about to hike this trail. Like I just knew it, you know, you, you get a seed planted, you get some water. And then next thing you know, somebody put some miracle grow on it and it just happened. So
1: that was a miracle grow moment. I think a lot of people have that same type of experience. Like they, they think of it the way your mom did, which is that's so foreign to me. There's no way I could leave my job, my life, my family, whatever it is behind my home for six months or however long it's going to take me and then they meet one person that did it and go oh wait the
0: catalyst yeah
1: you have a house and and you have you have normal people things and and you have a job even oh you can do this and be a regular functioning member of society oh okay it might be attainable for me too
0: yeah exactly it's like you almost need somebody to show you that a pathway exists you know and um And it's sad that we're like that, you know, I, I wish, uh, I guess that's something I'm trying to work on in myself. It's like, whether the path already exists or not, I'm going to try to make one, you know, why not? Um, so yeah, I think that's so true though. It just takes one person to kind of show you that you can sometimes and Yeah.
1: Well, but that's why we all
0: inspire each other. You know, that's, that's right. why you got to pass it
1: on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've definitely made your own path, but I think it, it, it takes a real hardcore person to, to make a path where there was never one before. You know, if nobody had ever done it, there's there's only one person who's done it first.
0: Right. It, exactly. No matter what
1: you're trying to do, there's only one person who was the first to completely pave this trail. Yeah. Um, But I I think for a lot of people, you know, to, to, I have seen that as, as Sean went out and did the PCT, a lot of um, professionals that we talked to or that I talked to, I say, oh yeah, you know, dad was out on the PCT. They can't fathom it. Or they had a story like yours and they go, man, I always wanted to do that. I didn't, I thought that was for transient people. I didn't know you could do that. If you, (laughs) it's really cool. How hard was it to to make that leap once you once you met that man oh i wanted to, easy to just click uh
0: i mean it did but i tried i still like i already knew what was happening um i mean i went home that night and looked at myself in the mirror and i was like you're about to hike the Appalachian trail and um yeah i mean i i even i tried looking for other jobs because i was like is this really the best move for me. Am I going to regret this one day? And I had people telling me, you're going to commit career suicide and mm-hmm. people will wonder why you had a year blank on your resume. And, and, uh, and I just kept thinking, well, I'll tell them. And if they're any kind of boss that I'd want to work for, they'd be like, Whoa, that's really cool. You know? Um, so I, and I, and I see value in a trip like that, you know, and, and I feel like the right person would also see that, but Um, but I get it. It's scary. And so I even tried telling myself, I'm going to give myself one more month. I'm going to apply for jobs like crazy. And if I find one that I think will make me happier or is a better opportunity than quitting this job and going to hike the Appalachian trails then I'll do that. And I didn't, you know, I gave it, I think I even gave it like two months. (laughs) I was like, are you sure fate that this is what you want me to do? You know, And, uh, after a couple months, I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And the thing is I had already decided I was leaving the job that I was in and regardless. So, um, so I did it. I just made the leap and, and came home and decided I was going to get out on the trail. And so I quit, uh, November 1st and by March 29th, I was standing on the trail and I didn't buy a single piece of gear until February. So it was like
1: it's kind of last minute, but geez, but it's yeah, not last unnerving. minute,
0: you know, I've been thinking about it since I was five. So it's like, is it really last sure, minute, sure. Or, you know,
1: I, I think it's interesting how a lot of people will try to talk you out of it, right? Yes. Um, a lot of people will try to talk you out of it. I I heard that, um, I, I, dad, I heard you have to experience that a lot. Yeah. You know, yes. Talking had, to people I about doing the PhD.
2: Yeah, when uh, you know, I was I was at a conference years ago, and I was sitting next to a woman that uh, had just come off the uh, the Camino de Santiago in Spain, and, and you know, so I was just listening all all night long to these stories, and and uh, she said, "You know, am I boring you?" I said, "No, like, keep going. I, you know, I'm really interested in this." I said, "I'm going to go do this," and so I went, and you know, I said, "I'm going to do this the next the next year," and. I got a lot of discouragement, you know. A lot of people, oh, you know, aren't in that you going to do that by yourself? Like, you're not going with a group. You're not going with a, you know, why would you do that by yourself? Aren't you scared? Wait, you don't speak Spanish, uh, you don't speak, which is true. And so
0: right? I, just, I started out, but All yeah, you're of right. Those things.
2: Yeah, yeah. Everybody yep. was like, "Well, what are you going to yeah. do? How are you going to get there?" You know, that you just got to, you just got yep. to decide to do like- it.
0: Exactly. You just go, I'm doing this. And you take one little chunk at a time, like one little, one little piece at a time. Okay. How do I handle this? Okay. Got that whooped. All right. Now, how do I handle this? And I mean, a lot of times if you,
1: you know, you said something, Jessica, that I thought was interesting about how you had everybody try to talk you out of it. And as advisors, Sean and I, you know, we, we help people build out their financial life. And so one of the things that we do is we want to make sure that we're tying their goals, what they want to actually achieve and realize to the values that are important to them. And so I have to have conversations a lot of times with people who that maybe they have a goal and they'll ask me, well, are other people doing this? Is this what, is this what I should do? Do most people want to do this? And I have to tell them, look, it doesn't matter whether or not you're the only person you know that's doing this, because it ties back to what's fundamentally important to you. Now, other people may think it's silly to spend your money in this way. Other people may think it's silly to spend your time in this way. If somebody values security and stability, and they don't give a shit about adventure and autonomy, then of course, they can't even fathom why you would want to go on a hike.
0: Of course. No, that makes that makes complete sense. And, uh, you know, my, my parents, uh, friends, family, et cetera, were, um, I I mean, my mom was excited for me, but, but even she said, well, I figured at this point you would have a boyfriend or a husband, you know, that would want to go with you. And I was just like, well, (laughs) sorry to disappoint you. But, you know, I've always been somebody that doesn't sit around and wait for somebody to join to go do something like I will, I will go eat at a restaurant by myself, you know, I will and take a book and I'll be just fine, you know. Um, but I, I do think that uh, some people that it comes kind of natural for me. Uh, it wasn't necessarily always like that. But I just, I don't know, one day I woke up and I was like, if I want to do things in life, I, I can't just sit around and wait for somebody to join, you know, it's something like if I wanted, if you want to do something bad enough you have to decide you just yeah. want to do it and go do it. Um, so, but, but yeah, I, I mean, and you also have to realize that you can't compare yourself to the norm because maybe you're not normal. You know, I'm not normal. I realized that. But I, if you know that you just embrace it and go with it, you know, and figure out what priorities are important to you. And if they don't align with half of the population, that's okay. You know, I, I think that I don't know how it has happened, but it seems that um we become more and more like an ant colony. I was thinking about that the other day because uh it makes me sad. I found an ant in the car one day and going down the road, it was a big old ant. And I was like, I really don't want to get bitten by this thing, so I pulled over at a little park and flicked the ant outside and was like, "Well wishes, ant, you know, have a have fun in your new life at the park." And then I got to thinking about it that day and I was like, "You know what? I bet they just die if you do that because they probably search for their colony and they can't find it and then they die and, and sure enough I read that that's exactly what happened so I pretty much doomed that ant to like a, a miserable however long it took it to die you know uh and if I just left it in the car maybe it came from home you know at some nest or whatever but it, it's just I wish there was some trigger in the ant that was like kind of nature you know to exist that it would go okay, now I can just live the, my life for myself, you know, I'm, I'm so far away from my colony that I don't know where they are, and now I'm just going to eat and enjoy life, or whatever, you know, but they don't do that, and so um, I, I do wish that more people could break away from that, like, colony mentality of, like, well, I have to be here, and I have to be doing what everybody else is doing, and I have to be part of the big or- orchestration, you know, and instead, just break away and do what matters to you and, and what's important to your family. And, um, you know, so not just with escaping to go backpacking, but just in general, I, I think that that would be cool if more people you know, did I, that.
2: I think, I, I I agree, think you're right, I think too. you know, is, is the, we, the, the, the excite? there's an exciting day when you start uh, a trail or an adventure like that. But I, I think the second yeah. most exciting day is the day you decide to. You know, that day where you say, I'm going to hike the Appalachian Trail. Uh, yeah, you know it's so scary. It's, <laughs> yeah. When you decide to do an adventure like that, I think that's one of the, for me, that was a real exciting day to say, I'm going to do this. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. And what I started doing was, and Sanger saw this, is that I had sort of mapped out every day. So when I did the Camino, I, I knew which, which town I was in, I had a spreadsheet. And so oh. all right, this, is, this is how many kilometers I'm going to do. This is how many miles that is. This is how long I think it will take. This is the town I'll go through. This is, you know, where I'll be. And, you know, all of that. And, and I started doing that on the PCT. And so Sanger was with me for the first 109 miles or so and so I said, well, here you know, here's where we'll go, and uh, you know, this is when we'll be at Lake Marina, and you know, this is where we'll do this, and yada yada. yada. And uh, he's like, oh, that's you know, that's that's good. Now I, I I threw that out like day one, like I realized, oh, this was complete garbage. Why did I do this? But I had to have that baseline just for a sense of comfort to uh, to make me feel good. <laughs> but do do you do you, uh, you remember that singer? We we uh,
1: uh it was so funny. I mean.
2: <laughs> I, I would, he would work
1: on this like every night, including weekends. Oh you know, my God. Packing everything up, uh, making sure his drop boxes were ready, which obviously you've got to do that. But then, you know, he had this spreadsheet and he had, I think you had like a laminated, you know, agenda itinerary that you carried. And so, you know, <laughs> they, you kept telling me, you're like, okay, well, we're going to do, we're going to do 10 miles on day one and then 20 miles on day two and then this and that. I was like, man, okay, whatever. I'm just along for the ride. You know, I, I I figured I can suffer through anything for one week, you know, and then I'm then, you know, this is his journey. Well, we got to Lake Marina, which was most people get there on day one. We took two days to get there. Same here. Yeah. We were not going to bust our butt, you know, we were going to knock
2: out 20 miles day
1: one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, mile 21 of the PCT or something. Right. And, and, you know, most people get there because there's the little gas station restaurant type thing, and you can kind of refuel and everything. Anyway, we, we, we show up (laughs) and we met Sean's polar opposite. So we, we go into this (laughs) gas station to get the burger, you know, one of the seven best burger places on the trail at Lake Marina. We go and we're ordering a burger and this guy is, is sitting in there with his backpack on and clearly came off the trail and he goes oh hey man y'all were hiking yeah yeah we were we've been uh we've been hiking he goes oh so cool it's so nice out there yeah it's it's, uh uh really great you know um (laughs) this uh you've been hiking too i guess right he goes oh yeah man yeah 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 and i go well we're on a we're on uh, day two what what, did you get here today or yesterday and he goes you know man i don't know (laughs) 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 he goes he goes uh i think we started uh three or four days ago <laughs> We're
2: like,
1: <"W-w-w-> dude <laughs> <What>? <laughs> obviously uh this guy was just toasted out of his mind uh and he he was he for the next 45 minutes just talked to me about all the different weed he had um <laughs> but it was funny to see you know on one hand we've got one guy who approaches this with a spreadsheet and a very analytical mind and then this other guy which can't even keep track of three days you know he started three (laughs) or four days ago yes
0: oh my
1: gosh yeah it was i mean you can do that with a lot of things right yeah um i think you could probably do that with any type of journey whether it's you know a financial life uh yeah a, a through hike you know i'm training for a triathlon now and i'd throw that plan out the window once a week yeah not doing that today
0: yeah well I like what he said that it made him feel better and if that's what it took to get you to go out there then more power to you you know what I mean so it's it's just whatever to me I think whatever makes you feel like okay I can do this and if that's what it is then good you know
1: it just yeah it's fascinating different, different people approach it differently we met this guy on day one right at Campo um, at the, you know, what do you call it? The little totem pole. The thing. monument, yeah. yes. And he <laughs> started like right when we started. And um, actually he probably started about 10 minutes before we started, but we're really competitive. So we were like, we're going to catch him. Now who gives a shit, right? Like why would we <laughs> try to race this no. guy to Canada? Uh, but we were like, we're going to catch him. So we caught up to him, uh, you know, an hour later or something. We start talking to him. And then he became someone that we saw uh every you know day you know a couple days yeah. or something and uh yeah, we i think it, you know his trail name was wolverine we called him magellan because he talked about going all over the world uh anyway so we met uh. magellan like a few days later and um we were like okay so uh we were still trying to hold on to our plan you remember this yes we like, all right so we're gonna go, uh, you know, mm, 12 miles today. There's a little camp. We saw a gut hook, so we'll be able to camp there. It's not too far from water. We're going to go 12 miles today. Uh, Magellan, how far are you going to go? And he was like, I don't know. Uh, Guess I'll just walk till I stop. And that was so foreign to I still didn't understand that. Now, I wouldn't have made a spreadsheet for every dang day, but I still couldn't think like, dude, it's the day of. You don't even know what you're doing today? (laughs) yeah you don't even know what you're doing over the next few hours
0: yeah that's so freeing sometimes though to just accept that um because i i i'll look ahead and i'll go okay there are maybe three potential sites you know the one that like i have to get here at least today i'm making myself do this and then there's the one that's like all right if i make pretty good time i can probably do this and then there's one that's just usually not not the attainable one i mean it is but it's like there has to be nothing exciting to look at today. No bugs or views or anything like that. Um, so, but yeah. I, so I usually will have an idea of what's ahead, but I kind of quit making plan- daily plans too, for the most part. It's just kind of, just, just go that, with it.
2: I learned that's the, that the hard way. <laughs> so I think your, your, your plans based on what what's happening with the trail or, you know. Uh, yeah, gear or whatever that
0: you worked through that and you let it go you know it's good that you you were able to let it go
2: (laughs) it's it's an occupational hazard it's what i do every day is plan out stuff so you know for people's retirement or investments or goals and so i I could not help myself and so you know i i I had to map everything out like that and so one of the things that i found that as i was researching uh that people just obsess over is gear selection is, you know, not just these planning the days, but, but this gear selection. And so that, it was overwhelming to me, but then in my, in my work, I, I sit across from people and I can see in, in their faces and their reactions that the same type of thing that I deal with very naturally every day in terms of looking at investment structures and investment products uh, for, to create solutions. I see this overwhelming look in their face. They're like, "I don't know what you're talking about." You're saying an ETF. I don't know what that is, or you know this or that, and so that was sort of how I felt wading into the the gear decision discussion. And so I start looking at all of these choices that can be made, right? And so you've done a really good job of outlining and going through those types of things, and the so how did you go through and and make decisions around not only which things you're going to review but how you're going to evaluate them and you know score them you know for lack of a better word
0: um well that's that's a great question uh so how the gear that I review is basically gear that I want to use. So that's, that's the the first thing it's, I, I don't accept uh, gear for paid reviews or in exchange for reviews or anything like that. So any of the gear that I use is because, okay, I want to use this. And uh, as far as how I decide that it's from trying a lot of things along the way and going, okay, well, what, in my opinion, does this one thing lack? So the, the first pack, well, Go with packs, for example. The first pack I ever used uh, was because I read a lot of blog posts, a lot of blog posts before I started the AT. And uh, I read this one little ebook that this girl had written about her experience on the trail. And she used the pack more or less, like a slightly different design than than I had. So I went to REI and I tried on all the packs and that's what I heard what was best. Do what feels the most comfortable to you. And I tried on a bunch of different ones and the one that this girl had had, oh, it was the ugliest one on the rack, you know? And I, that was the last <laughs> one I tried on because it was ugly. And, uh, and uh, then I put it on and I was like, man, this one feels the most comfortable. So everyone always says to go with that. And this girl had used it. So I, I knew it did well for her. Um, but then after that, you know, I knew I wanted something a little bit more lightweight. Um, and so then I tried a pack that was one of the most lightweight ones, you know, on the market with still carrying a pretty decent load. And then, you know, so it's just kind of went around how I was changing my gear and stuff like that. Um, but as far as, uh, well, I tried a budget gear, not a budget pack, not too long back because a lot of people would say on the channel, Hey, you're not, uh, showing any, any gear that doesn't cost an arm and a leg, you know, and, and right. not everyone can just go out and spend all this money on gear. And what about people who are just want to get into it? And that makes absolute sense. Kind of explain it from the standpoint of, because these are my priorities, but if they're not yours, then you might like something else, you know? So, um, so that's kind of the process about,
1: you know, the gear that yeah, I, I think that's the frustrating truth is that whether you're picking gear for through hiking, picking a, um, I've been shopping for a new bicycle for triathlon training, or you're picking investments. It's like, there's, I really, I know what I want is I want to be able to go to somebody who's done it before and go, okay, Jessica, what pack should I get? And I just want you to give me one and I'll go get that. I do not want to do all the shopping because I don't right now. I know zero about packs,
0: right? So yep. I feel like
1: I've got to learn everything about packs to be able to make that informed decision. Exactly. It would save me time if I just relied on all the all the learning that you've had. But yep. you can't do that. You can't tell me what's going to work for me right. because you don't know what's most important to me. Is it the price? Is it the comfort? Is it the durability? Is it the size?
0: Right. And, and you, don't, and you what... don't even know, you know, so that's exactly. the tough part. So so you can kind of, when somebody... When 20 comes to me with a question like that specifically with packs i say what other gear do you have you know because if they're going to be carrying the most ultralight stuff ever well then you know they can pretty much go with any pack but if they're gonna if they've got some pretty heavy gear they don't want the most ultralight pack that exists out there because it won't carry well for them you know so um also how bulky their their stuff is matters so you know you can kind of start um narrowing some of that down but just as a as a throw it out there I'm like Osprey packs work well for beginner packs you know if you're if you're wanting to spend the money for a decent pack you know um and then I also throw in there too if you shop at REI they have a great return policy of up to 1 year so even if you try something out if you took something out on a hike a few times and you're like this is not working for me if you got it from REI they'll let you return it for up to a year so uh, so that's always comforting knowing that you can make mistakes and get your money back.
1: Well, REI is great. Cause they'll, you know, they'll guide you through it. You're not totally on your own in that yes. decision, Yes. but it, it's, it's really individualized. Wh- whatever the decision is, it has to be individualized and, and we have to make our own choice for they sure. What we want, and I, I, think the tendency for a lot of us, it, you know, like I said, at least for me, is I wish that I could blame the outcome yes. <laughs> on someone else. I yep. want to be able to say, you know, what, this pack sucks, and I spent two hundred fifty bucks on it and that's because jessica told me to buy it yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yep, <laughs> exactly. because i made a
2: bad choice no
0: everybody. Right. it wasn't my that, bad you know? decision it's, it
2: was jessica's bad decision I,
0: exactly it's not because i didn't take the time to learn more it's because yeah uh no I, I i mean but we want that in life and and it's in it's everywhere you know we all want to be able to point a finger at somebody else but the truth is you know most of the time. If we, if we keep point long enough, we'll realize it turns back on us. So, uh, but that makes people uncomfortable. And I think that's why people are so afraid to take risks is because then they have to live with knowing they made that decision. But what they don't realize right now is when they're laying there dying one day and going, "Dang, I didn't do half the things I wanted to in life. That, that's going to be their fault too. So, um, but it's easy to put that off. So yeah, just got real well, dark for a minute, you know, well,
1: just, yeah, just throw I, I that totally out there. Agree. I mean, there there are a lot of societal restraints, like you talked earlier about the ant colony. But on the other, yeah, the societal restraints that hold people back from taking risks. I think some people's natural tendency is to not is to be risk averse, and so they don't take those risks, even if they had a, you know, maybe an inkling that they wanted to do something like this. They don't do it because uh, it seems seems like a lot of things could go wrong. But on the other hand if everybody was like you, we'd have chaos.
0: I agree. (laughs) I agree. No, I, I do agree. I mean, you, you know, there's, so I don't expect everybody to just go out and, and, and do crazy, risky things. Um, but the, there are people who are absolutely okay. So I have a sister for example Mm -hmm. who uh just finished pharmacy school and I'm super proud of her uh but she does not want to live anywhere else she wants to live right here uh in in our hometown um you know she's fine with with traveling and going to see some things but more or less like she is completely fulfilled and happy here uh and and having a normal job being a pharmacist and all that um and I think that's great, but, but my problem is the people who want more or who want some, maybe not more, but something different, mm-hmm. and they are letting fear stop them. So I think there is a difference. So sure, the people who um, truly enjoy the structure of a Monday through Friday job, uh, off on the weekends, vacation time, whatever, the people who are happy and fulfilled with that, that's great. And I, I do think that, that that helps the world go around. Um, but the people who are lying to themselves and saying, yeah, well, I just can't do anything else. You know, that's, that's to me where the problem is and when, where regret ends up cropping up later in so life.
1: The problem is when people choose to live by other people's values. Right. And that, that goes both ways. I think like you talk about how, um, people were telling you why, why would you do this? Don't do this. You're going to be alone. Da, 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 da. My grandma does that all the time to me I remember being five years old my grandmother love her so much she's wonderful she goes what do you want to be when you grow up and I said I'm going to be a professional baseball player she goes well good luck most people don't make it
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks grandma
1: yeah I'm like man all right well okay but every time I've wanted to do anything adventurous in the slightest she poo poos it you know I know
0: yeah, you know well, those people right i do okay so i i decided this is my 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 nanny was still alive at this time uh it was like she passed away in 2010 so it was sometime I was in college and i applied for an internship out in idaho or montana and i was so excited about it and i went and i told my nanny i was like nanny i have applied for this scholarship or mean you know, of this internship and I, i'm i'm super happy and you know, I'll be gone for a little while if I get it or whatever, and and so she asked where, and I told her I said Idaho or Montana, and she looked at me and stared at me for a second. And she goes, "Shit!" <laughs> like that was her response, and, I, yeah. and my heart kind of broke. You know, I was like, "Okay," you know, but like that's just you know, it's okay though. It's, it's yeah. you just it's, have to learn to go. Okay, that's because this person loves me and they're. They are afraid to take the risk themselves. And so they're afraid for me, but it's not because they don't want me to be happy or successful. But, sure, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and <laughs> a lot of people, I think a lot of people are authentic in their unwillingness to do those things in that they don't, they wouldn't ever want to. Right. You know, I, I think people like our grandmothers, they, I don't think my grandma missed out on anything. Right. You know, and she probably would agree with that you know, she got everything she wanted out of life. So whenever, if I'm going to, you know, my sister's moving to Alaska to, uh, you know, right out of law school, my grandma couldn't imagine why you would ever want to even, why would you even apply to a job in Alaska? You're crazy. Um, the problem is when, when people, if people who have that spirit, like you listen to grandma,
0: Exactly. Okay.
1: Well, that means grandma's values are my values. Right. And that's tricky, especially when it's, it's family. Right. Because so much gets passed down through our family. Right. And most of our values do.
0: Yeah, I can, I can't imagine. um, But I think, you know, some of the best parents, I don't, I don't have children yet of my own, uh, my dogs aren't trying to move off to Alaska or anything, but, um, but I can imagine like as a parent, how tough that has to be to, you know, in one way, want to encourage your kids to do, do what they want to do and do what makes them happy. But even if that includes being away from you, and I think that's where the hangup is a lot of time with family and, and parents uh, is. You know, I, I want you to be happy and I want you to be successful, but like you said, by by the book of my values instead of your own, and uh, as long as it doesn't take you away from me, you know. And so I have to say that, like, props props to my mom because my, my mom has always, even if I know it breaks her heart or makes her sad or mm-hmm. whatever, she'll smile and be like, "I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you." You know, yeah, I think you should do this. Uh, when I decided I wanted to move to Colorado, uh, I I told mom about it and gosh, it made me so sad to think of leaving my family and everything, but she, uh, she came to me and she brought me this little card. She had seen this talk at work or something like that. They'd brought in a a motivational speaker and the card said, cross the line. And it talked about how in life there are these lines and these challenges. And, um, you know, you've got the side of like your comfort zone. And then on the other side, there's maybe more opportunity and, uh, excitement and, and, but it involves risk and, um, that, that can be scary, but, uh, you know, you also have obstacles, like people telling you that this isn't for you, or, uh, you may be telling yourself like the things on the other side of this line are for other people, but, you know, I don't do stuff like that. And so it's, it just finally boils it all down and says like, but what, what are you thinking? You know, there's a line and it needs to be crossed, cross the line. and so mom gave that to me and she was like, I, I've been thinking about you going to Colorado and all this. And I just want to say, like, I think it's something that you should do because you've always wanted to. And then she gave me the cross the line card. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it makes me want to cry now. But and here I am, you know, back in Alabama, but still. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, if 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 there are parents listening to this or or whatever, um, I think that the, the best way to be a parent is to really. Uh, allow your, your children, as long as it's not something that's like seriously detrimental to their health, uh, mm-hmm. allow them to have their own set of values and have their own set of priorities and, and nourish those, you
2: know, so. Yeah. You know, it, when I, when I reflect on my own values, I, you know, adventure is one of those values. I mean, I, I like going out and doing things like that. And uh, when my, my daughter told me she was moving to Alaska or she started looking at it and was asking my opinion on it. I was reflecting on that. Say, well, you know, I, I raised this person to uh, when you know when she was in sixth grade, she wanted to go to a boarding school in Spain. So I'm like, great. So she did it, you know. And like, all right, well, let's go uh, camp out at the base camp of, of Everest. Let's let's get uh, certified to go diving and dive the Galapagos Islands. Let's do all of this crazy stuff together. Great all right, dad, I'm moving to Alaska. Well, I can't be surprised.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, right.
2: That, but at the if same you look time, you like, oh. Yeah, you, you look at feeding this value that this is the value that becomes important. But but here's what that means. That means that right. this is somebody who's not going to just stay home and, 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 and not do anything. They're going to go out and press the limits and, and you know, see the world and so it's you know it's it, it's interesting to see it's fulfilling to see you know when you decide yeah. to hey, live out those values uh, you are going to get some of that resistance some, sometimes from people who don't right. have those same values they, they just don't understand you know you know any of that <laughs> so so right. it's i was yeah, having a discussion a yesterday thing. with somebody and and one of their values was uh, family and and they kind of looked at me and they said why are we talking about this? Because isn't everybody's values these? And and they kind of pointed to their values that they had come up with. They had like five things that were really important to them. They go, why why are we talking about this? Isn't this what everybody comes up with? And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, they don't. You know, these are yours. Like believe it or not,
0: everybody doesn't think exactly like you.
2: Right, I said, but you know what everybody does? Is they think the exact same thing you just thought on their values? They think, well, doesn't everybody value these things that I value? <laughs> you know, so we get, you know, we get so isolated in, in understanding our values that that we think everybody thinks that, but they don't, you know. But uh, so it's yeah, it you goes know the other way ahead, too.
1: Say. I think that that's a good point. It goes the other way in that a lot of times people who, you know, that I think it's common. People who value adventure, um, things like that, they get frustrated with people who value security or family yes. or whatever yes. it is, people that don't want yes. to move. And they go, oh, why, I want to do this. And you can't understand it. But it goes the other way in that those of us who, who value things like challenges and adventure, we don't understand why someone would want to stay living in the same town next to their family. Right. Right. Well, oh, right. Okay. That's that's because they have something that's more important. And so I need to understand that as long as they're being truly fulfilled by those values and those are their values, not their mom's values that they just adopted because she said so. Um, so we've got to be gracious to other people too. Well, right. yeah, I
0: think we have to so listen. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for so sure. I and was, just respect ahead, that other people just, feel differently yeah just just respect that other people have different values and opinions and but yeah like like saying we're saying it goes both ways that you have to but yeah I guess I it just breaks my heart when I know somebody wants something different than what they're doing and they're letting people kind of dictate their lives and that's the thing is if you don't take the reins somebody else will and mm, right. uh I there's yeah. this thing that I heard um actually it was my it was my aunt that was talking about this. She said that um, my grandma used to cut, she had a certain cut of meat, and she would like cut the ends off and then um fry those up and the other part would go in the pan and, and roast. And she asked her why she did that. And she's like, I don't know, because that's what my mom always did. And she's like, Well, can you ask her? And so she called her one day and was like, hey you know what mom why do you do this and she's like oh just because I didn't have a pan big enough to fit it you know (laughs) it wasn't like there's nothing special about frying the ends I just did that and like cooked it a different way so it didn't go to waste and so it was like the whole time my grandma had a big enough pan to cook hers but she she would do the same thing her mom did but that's an example like the of just doing what you're told or doing what was shown to you yeah if you're
2: if you're not living your own values you're you're living somebody else's right you know so it's uh, exactly living somebody's values
1: dad, we and I, you and I had a conversation about how every American is at some point, somebody was just a badass. Yeah, either came right. over on the Mayflower or they came over last week.
0: Yep. Or, either way, like you left everything behind. Yeah. So, Or
2: they, they ended um, up in Hawaii yeah. somehow. So, so, they ended up, you know, from Asia all the way over to Alaska. I mean, like all of those people were badasses, you know, at, at some point, you know, getting yep. there and yep. you know, getting to here that we have such, the thing that we have in common, because we're not, you know, it's not a native land, like, you know, like some parts of the world, it's, it's an ideal, and, and, and everybody has that in common, that, that uh, there's an adventurous spirit that, uh, you know, that that we, we cling on to, so it's,
0: uh, right, and it doesn't have to be, you know, for the people who are completely consent, sitting in the neighborhood that they grew up in and you know whatever there's still something that you aspire to do whether that's learning a new skill or starting your own business you know whatever there's you you don't have to go across the country to be adventurous you know um it's just about doing something different you know so but anyway yeah i'll step off the soapbox now
1: (laughs) (laughs) how can people find you on on youtube instagram um how how can people find you
0: on the interwebs uh so my um channel name is homemade wanderlust uh h-o-m-e-m-a-d-e w-a-n-d-e-r-l-u-s-t and that's if you search that on um on any of the platforms on there not super active on twitter but yeah uh instagram facebook youtube all that stuff that's that's how you find me
2: My learning with our discussion with Jessica is really two. I have, I have a couple of them. One is that there's a point of decision where you recognize that you are deciding that you're going to do something. So there is a decision point that has to be defined. If you don't ever make a definite decision where you're saying, I am going to hike the Appalachian Trail. I am going to do this triathlon. I am going to quit my job. I am going to propose to this person. I'm going, Whatever that big decision is, there is a point where you are deciding to do it. The other learning I had was that reflecting on your values uh, and making those big decisions, where she, she'd said, I'm, I'm leaving my job, uh, my security to do this uh, YouTube channel. This is how I'm going to make a living. Uh, doing that so that was a big decision but it is totally in line with what she values so being in alignment was important.
1: My takeaway was that as Americans we've all got some adventurous pioneer entrepreneurial spirit it's in our blood it's in our DNA whether your family came here 10 generations ago or 10 months ago uh, we should tap into that more because it's in our blood. Thanks for listening to this episode of Decidedly. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jessica. If you did and you learned something, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you didn't like it, I hope your next through hike is filled with many alligators and wasps. Uh, Until next time, check us out on DecidedlyMoney.com and see ya.